This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Are Arsenal ready to enter the transfer market once again? Now that they know the full extent of Urian Timber's injury, we're going to be discussing that and more on this edition of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou. Hope you're all good. Hope you are all well. Little disclaimer before we get into it, you may well hear some background noise. I've locked myself in what's supposed to be a soundproof booth here at 90 Min Towers I can hear what's going on outside. So I'm wondering if you guys can as well. There is a games afternoon slash evening going on in the 90 min office. So uh, people are having fun, enjoying themselves, um, playing all sorts of different games. So there might be a little bit of noise. There's a beanbag game going on. Um, and when it hits the wood that they're trying to hit, um, it makes a lot of noise. So if you can hear that, I apologize in advance. But I figured I'd be safer doing the podcast live from here today. Uh, then at home, because as you guys will know, if you tuned into yesterday's show, I'm having some internet issues. Surprise, surprise. Virgin Media, eh? Who'd have them? Um, good afternoon to lots of you uh, in the live chat. Big hello to Nav. Uh, we've got Edu in there. We've got George, not the Edu. Uh, George Davis, Gary Griffin is there as well. We've got Tom, who's enjoying his holidays at the moment. We've got Nas. We've got Leslie. Louis here. Juno, Hassan, uh, James as well. Uh, good to see so many of you with us, as I say, in the live chat. And again, apologies if there's a bit of background noise coming through, but there's not much uh, I can do about it today. Right, on this edition of the show, we're talking Joao Cancelo. Have Arsenal entered the race to sign the 29-year-old, having discovered the extent of Urian Timber's injury? Is Manchester United target Benjamin Pavard an option too? We'll talk about the future of following Balogun, who's said to be the subject of interest from another London club, all of that, more, and your questions from the live chat answered on today's live episode of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. Right then, let's get into it. Let's discuss all the latest news. Um, according to Sport, a Barcelona-based publication, uh, the Catalan giants don't quite free, uh, don't quite have a muddling up my words there. Don't quite have a free run to the Portuguese defender, um, despite what people were reporting just a week or so ago. They say that Arsenal, who have been long-term admirers of the Manchester City man, aren't completely done yet and could still move for the player this summer in response to Urian Timber's ACL injury, uh, which, of course, the club confirmed yesterday. Look, as far as I'm concerned, there's no doubt whatsoever about his quality. My concern here is the price that City will be asking from a direct rival you feel like they would have learnt their lesson from last season where they allowed players to move across uh, from the Etihad to Emirates Stadium. It significantly strengthened us. And in doing so, 
jeopardized Manchester City's chances of winning the Premier League. I know they still did in the end, and I know they went on to have a historic treble winning season, but there will have been a part of Manchester City, I'm sure, at various points last season where they felt like it was wrong and silly, actually, to give Arsenal the players that they did because of how much it lifted the level at Emirates Stadium. They will have seen that. They will have watched that unfold. And I'm almost certain that if they are going to sell to us now going forwards, it's going to be at a premium. Um, you know, I think that Joao Cancelo is a wonderful, wonderful footballer. There's no doubt about that in my mind. He's 29 years old. He'd bring you winning experience. He brings you versatility, which we've talked about a lot this summer. Uh, his ability to play on the right and on the left, I think, is really, really impressive. He can play inside as well. Uh, you know, we've seen him many times play those inverted fullback roles, which Mikel Arteta wants his players to do, but Cancelo does it to a really, really high level. So in terms of the fit, I think it's a great fit. I really, really do. But the the, the stumbling points for me are, A, uh, the price the City will be asking, B, the wages uh, are going to be crazy. You know that because he's been playing at Manchester City for a number of years and technically remains their player. Other people have kind of expressed the concern about his attitude. Is he a bit of a bad apple? Um, you know, he's obviously fallen out with Pep Guardiola. It's not the first time that he's um, he's been at loggerheads with a, a high-profile coach, from what I understand. So I can understand why people are raising that point. But I think on that, Mikel Arteta will be so confident in the culture that he's built over the last couple of years, that he's probably past that point of fearing that one individual can come in and impact that negatively and significantly. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, it's purely down to price. I think, as I say, you know, Urien Timber was brought into play right back and centre back Cancelo, not quite the perfect fit in terms of the positions that he's best at. You know, but he is a good fit in the sense of he would bring versatility. He brings you that ability to play right and left, possibly midfield as well, if you want him to do that. Um, and uh, and yeah, maybe you could use Ben White as a centre-back if you've got Cancelo in to cover the gap that Timber leaves. Maybe you could use Tommy Asu, a player who's played at centre-back for the majority of his career in that position uh, in the event that Cancelo is the man, if there is anybody that we go out to bring in to cope with the timber problem. So that's the latest on Joao Cancelo. I, I spoke about him earlier on in the summer, actually, uh, when those rumours were rife. I said that I think he'd be a great fit. I think he's a wonderful player. He's a winner. He's experienced. He's got all the attributes you'd love to have in uh, in a sort of defender, and particularly in defensive cover. But Joao Cancelo is going to cost us a hell of a lot of money, I think. Uh, it's going to cost a pretty penny to get him out of Manchester City because of the rivalry that now exists. But on top of that, He's going to want a hefty wage that I'm not sure Arsenal will be willing to pay. So, um, yeah, I'm not getting excited about this one. I would be excited if I if I heard this was going through, because, as I say, I think he'd be a wonderful addition to the side in terms of his ability. But I just at this moment in time, I'm not convinced that the reports from sport are accurate. I think that this is something that's born out of the fact that Barcelona are yet to get a deal done. And Barcelona are having all sorts of issues with regards to registering players. And all the rest of it, you know, players coming in demanding big salaries that Barcelona just currently aren't able to pay. So, um, yeah, th this could be stalling because Barcelona are just incompetent at the moment and because Barcelona have a whole raft of problems that they're trying to navigate through uh, in order to do the transfer business that they want. So I'm not getting carried away on this one, but I thought it worth discussing given uh, that those reports have been doing the rounds this afternoon. 
Okay, uh, we're going to move on. We're going to talk Benjamin Pavard, another player that Arsenal is said to be eyeing up as a potential Urian Timber replacement. We'll get into that in just a moment. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. Before we dive into the Benjamin Pavard uh, chat, there's a few interesting comments uh, that are coming through with regards um, to Joao Cancelo. So I just want to touch on some of those. Abe says, until Ornstein comes out and says that Arsenal are going after Cancelo, I'm not believing anything. Um, Raizo says, shouldn't bid a silly amount on Cancelo. I agree. It's got to be something that works financially. Uh, for Arsenal. Gary Griffin says, Harry, but would Cancelo be that expensive? Laporte, who's the same age, went for £16 million to the Saudis. I think he'd be expensive to us. And that's the problem. I think if it was, you know, Barcelona, as as we think it might be, I do still believe that that's probably where he's most likely to land. Then I think the price is completely different. I think you've got this problem now where the Premier League clubs understand the finances of one another. The Premier League clubs understand that the only clubs with real financial power in world football right now are the Premier League clubs. And therefore, when they're dealing with each other, there are these premiums that come into the mix and there are um, inflated prices. So I think, you know, if I'm Manchester City and Arsenal come knocking, I'm starting at £50 million. Now, they probably don't expect to get £50 million from anywhere, but that would be my starting point. Let Arsenal knock me down. But how much are they going to knock me down by? Five, ten million at best. Even then, Arsenal would have gone and spent forty million pounds on a player that isn't a long-term signing, like Julian Timber was. A player that, you know, will be on a much bigger salary than Julian Timber was and is because of uh, his profile and standing and stature in the game prior to his arrival. And yeah, you know, somebody that there are concerns about with regards to his attitude. So. Arsenal would have been happy to drop that kind of money on Julian Timber because they see him as one for the long term. Joao Cancelo coming in, if he did come in, would be one for the kind of short to midterm at best, given that he's 29 years old as well. Uh, Paul James says, do we really need Cancelo? He's a wonderful footballer, but do we really need him? We probably don't really need him. But, you know, for Mikel Arteta to have gone out and spent the money he did on Julian Timber, he would have felt that we needed more defensive cover. And so Durian Timbers now unavailable. You know, we suffered from not having defensive cover last season. William Saliba's absence really, really cost us. And Timbers, someone that could have come in and done the Saliba job or could have come in at right back and allowed Ben White to do that. And I think in that instance, we'd have been much better off. So Arteta went into the summer believing, feeling as though we needed more at the back. And now that Timbers injured, we're kind of back to square one. So I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal do go back into the market. Is Cancelo specifically the one we need? Maybe he's not. But I think there is probably a willingness now on Arsenal's part to go out and make a deal happen if the market allows and if the finances allow. And um, and, and if Cancelo is one of the players available, I'd certainly consider him. Paul also says, wasn't Trossard supposed to be a troublemaker? Yeah, absolutely. And that goes back to the point that I made earlier on. As a manager, when you're trying to build a culture, when you're trying to forge something, when you're trying to get something off the ground, you need everybody to be on board. 100%. You need that togetherness. You need that bond. And that's why people like Aubameyang were a problem for Mikel Arteta. People like Guendouzi were a problem for Mikel Arteta. Two, three years down the line, where that culture is very much there and is at the heart and at the core of everything that we do, I don't think 
Mikel Arteta will be as worried about bringing one individual whose attitude is questionable. And often when the culture's good, if somebody's kind of on that line between, you know, being 100% professional and maybe being 95% professional, I'm not suggesting any players are, are terrible in this sense because I don't know them. But, you know, then I think Mikel would worry about it less because if he feels like his squad overall has that right culture, that right kind of togetherness, then you know, it, one person isn't going to be able to affect it. It's more likely that that one person gets on board with it rather than anything else. Lots of people saying that they don't see it coming. Uh, they don't see it happening, the Cancelo deal. I'm not saying it's very likely, but given that this is a rumour that's been around all summer and one that has resurfaced again in the last few days, I thought it worth discussing. OK, let's do... Um, Let's do Benjamin Pavard now. Uh, Fabrizio Romano thinks that the Bayern Munich defender could be an option to replace Jurian Timber this summer. The player has been heavily linked with a move to Manchester United, although it's understood the Red Devils are yet to make an offer that the Bundesliga Giants deem satisfactory. Could Arsenal be about to swoop in? Well, in terms of the profile of the player, Benjamin Pavard certainly ticks more boxes than Joao Cancelo does for a number of reasons. First of all, he's just 27 years old, so he's two full years younger uh, than Joao Cancelo. Also, he's got 49 caps for the French national team, which shows him to be just as experienced, uh, just as uh, sort of well thought of uh, by his national team. But more importantly than all of that, he plays right back and he plays centre back. So that's exactly the two positions that you would have said are Jurian Timber's best positions, are Jurian Timber's positions of strength. Um, so in that instance, it doesn't really change the dynamic of the squad. Again, though, this one's going to cost a fair chunk of money. And I'm interested to see if Arsenal are so concerned by Timber's injury that they are willing to sanction another deal of big money. We know that Nuno Tavares could be leaving the club and we know that Arsenal are looking for around about 20 odd million pounds for him. If they can get that, then this would make a significant dent in a move for anybody like Pavard or like Cancelo, or experienced players that could come in and, um, you know, and, and help the squad and, and help us push forward. But, um, you know, Bayern Munich, as I say, are, are looking for decent money here. We know that Manchester United have been trying um, we know that this is probably a deal that's going to cost upwards of £40 million, which may put Arsenal off. Anyway, uh, next up, we're going to talk Flo Balogun. Man, if I had a pound for every time I said that this summer, I'd be able to retire. But we're going to discuss uh, the US men's national team strikers future because a new Premier League club uh, has emerged in the race to sign him. We'll get onto that in just a moment. <laughs> So we heard the other day that Spurs are interested. We heard that Spurs would be keen to bring Follerin Balogun to their club. We've heard that for a, a good few days now. But I find it hard to believe that Arsenal would even entertain that kind of deal, um, that kind of discussion, that discussion full stop. I find it difficult to believe that Spurs would want to pay big, big money as well to take a player away from Arsenal. Um, yeah, there would be great satisfaction uh, among that lot if they were to bring in a striker from Arsenal and he performs really, really well and scores goals. But with following Balogun, there's still a lot of risk, I think, because of the fact that he's, you know, he's done it for one season. He's done it in the French League. How does that translate to the Premier League? I'm not entirely sure uh, just yet. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But the story that is 
being reported by credible sources at the moment uh, is uh, a story from Simon Jones, who says Fulham are considering a move for Flo Balogun in order to replace the outbound Alexander Mitrovic. The Serbian forward is close to joining Al Hilal in a big money move. Now, Arsenal initially set their stall out at £50 million for Flo Balogun. I don't think they will uh, get that. I think that it's going to be likely around about £30, £35 million at which Arsenal deal uh, for the striker. He's made no secret of the fact he wants to go. We mentioned it on yesterday's show. At no point has he ever indicated that he's willing to fight for a place or anything like that. He believes he's ready. He believes it's time for him to move on. And um, and I don't think Arsenal are going to stand in his way. Yes, they want to get as close to the valuation as possible, but I think they understand there's going to have to be some compromise there. I think Fulham will be a good move for him. Uh, they're a Premier League club. London-based, uh, a side that are good enough for him to have an impact in, uh, just like Mitro did, uh, but without the pressure that comes with playing for one of the really, really big boys. And I think that's the stage that he's at. Look, he had a good season in France, but I'm not convinced that he's the finished article. I'm not convinced that he's um, ready to play for an Arsenal up top. Obviously, Mikel Arteta isn't either. Otherwise, he wouldn't be entertaining and the idea and open to the idea of him moving on. I think he's got a lot to learn. And um, yeah, I understand the the want to go and fly out of the nest and all the rest of it because of how well he did last season. But, you know, where is he going to go? Like, It's not like there are a ton of big clubs knocking on the door ready to cough up the price. Inter were interested uh, from what we understood, but they don't want to get anywhere near Arsenal's valuation, in which case the Gunners uh, shut that down nice and quickly. Fulham could certainly afford it given that Mitrovic is about to leave to join Al-Hilal and given that they're going to receive a hefty fee for him. But Arsenal will know uh, that they're going to receive a hefty fee and that might make Arsenal probably uh, firmer, I guess, on their stance of around about £50 million or they'll want to get closer to that than maybe they would have accepted from a club abroad, you feel. Because as I said earlier on, all the Premier League clubs understand that they are the only sides in world football, with the exception of the Saudis at the moment, that have the kind of finance to do big money deals. Therefore, when they're selling to one another, you're always going to get premium prices. Right. Uh, we're going to take a very, very short pause. And then uh, we're going to bring you the latest on Jurian Timber's injury. Uh, a bit more information has come to light. We're also uh, going to reflect on Mikel Arteta's press conference uh, that he gave earlier today ahead of the Crystal Palace game. And once we've done that, then uh, we will take a couple of your questions uh, from the live chat. Bear with me if you can hear a bit of background noise, as I say, doing this from Nightingale Towers. Uh, and there is uh, a games afternoon going on um, just outside this door. So it is a bit loud. There's not much I can do about it. Apologies. But maybe it gives the podcast a bit of atmosphere. I don't know. Anyway, short pause and we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. Right, according uh, to reports earlier today, uh, Jurian Timber walked away and was still walking away the next day, um, or still walking the next day, which is rare for an ACL injury, um, after he picked up, of course, that problem against Nottingham Forest. The club are saying it's just a tear in his ACL with no further damage to his knee. So it's not as severe an ACL injury as it could have been. Is that something to take encouragement from? Hopefully, you know, hopefully we're talking seven, seven and a half to eight months uh, before he's back and, and ready to go again. You know, sometimes players are ahead of schedule in their recovery. We've seen that before. We saw that with Gabriel Jesus at other points or in other instances, you've seen players take a little bit longer to get back to full sharpness. We're just going to have to hope um, that this is something that, you know, he can get through as quick as possible. But you know, there is that question mark, as I sort of highlighted earlier on in the show. If Mikel felt that he needed to go out and bring in a defender for 40-odd million pounds, he clearly thought we were short. And with Tavares expected to leave, not that he's a part of the plan, rumours around Kieran Tierney's future being rife as well, you do feel like there is a, I'm not going to say a good chance, but there is a possibility that Arsenal are going to go out and bring somebody else in. But that is what we're hearing with regards to the timber injury, which doesn't soften the blow. You know, he's still going to be out for seven, eight months, which is a disaster when you think that we've just paid what we've paid for him. And obviously on a personal level for the player, it's a horrible thing to go through. Um, but, you know, it, it could be worse or it could have been worse, judging by the comments that are, are surfacing or the information that has surfaced today. Also, Mikel Arteta gave his press conference ahead of the Crystal Palace game. I was surprised that it was done um, this morning because it's only Thursday um, and we're not in action until Monday night. So there's a long old time uh, for that press conference to breathe. Um, a lot of the questions were more generic as opposed to being related to that game. And I think that's probably as a result of the fact that it is so far away uh, from the kickoff on Monday night. Um, I'll just pick out some of the highlights, some of the key comments from that Um he was asked about this whole number one debate, whether there is a number one in the goalkeeping spot, because, of course, our signing of David Raya has divided opinion. He said, in any position, no. Nine, seven, 11, six goalkeeper, no, there isn't any number ones. Um, he was very adamant that nobody's position in this team is safe, that everybody is there to fight, that everybody is there uh, to compete for a place in the side and suggested that, you know, this is very much a meritocracy where if you play well, you will get a go. If you don't, somebody's waiting in the wings. And he also talked a little bit more about how the environment is positive and how it's changed 
over the last couple of years and how the level has gone up and that he's seen that with his own eyes um, as a result of bringing uh, sort of better and more top quality players in. On Alexander Zinchenko's fitness, uh, he said Alex is doing very well. He's been training with us and hopefully we're going to have him available very, very soon. Didn't give away whether or not Zinchenko would be available, though, for the trip to Crystal Palace on Monday night. Remember, Zinchenko played his first Premier League game there for Arsenal last season and he made us fall in love with him instantly. He was brilliant that night. He was also asked um, a little bit more about David Raya and the goalkeeping situation. And again, Mikel Arteta kind of deflected uh, to the point of you know, it's not just about the goalkeeping position. Competition is healthy everywhere. He said, when we had different goalkeepers, there were questions as well. To have two excellent goalkeepers is great. There's nothing wrong with it. We have two great left wingers and two great strikers and two great holding midfielders. We have Jorginho, Thomas Partey and Declan Rice, and that's not a problem. And it should not be a problem. We want to be better every single day. And to be better, the environment has to change and be better. We tend to always be at a certain level because it's in our nature when you change the environment and the environment is to be 100% every day, believe me, the level is going to increase. He says, I've seen that with my own eyes, um, that we have now something very different to what we had two years ago. If we want to be better, we have to create that environment. So Mikel Arteta defiant with regards to the critics Arsenal have faced um, by bringing in another goalkeeper um, as good as Aaron Ramsdale. Okay, uh, let's take some of your questions then from the live chat. I've seen a few of them uh, dropping in over the last few minutes. Um, Paul James said, uh, did you notice he said Gabby is still injured, so wouldn't be available? I thought Gabby wasn't playing for tactical reasons. Which was it? He was talking about Gabriel Jesus, Paul. Um, that's who he meant. That's who he was referring to. Um, you've got to remember, we've got three Gabbies in the squad. You've got Gabriel, you've got Gabriel Jesus. And, of course, you've got Gabriel Martinelli. So three um, different players. <laughs> uh, but he was referring to Gabriel Jesus in terms of being unavailable. Uh, Lynn says, uh, if we do go out, I think she thinks I'm Tom. <laughs> uh, if Maybe it's habit writing in Tom's chat box. If we do go out for cover for Timber, this could be a godsend because if another defender gets injured, we won't be in the same situation as last season. Agreed. Um, agreed. We really... Um, we really do need to look at that. And if an opportunity presents itself, I would certainly make that move uh, between now and the end of the window. I know a lot of people are suggesting that we should go out and get a right winger if we've got a bit more money to spend, someone that can cover Bukayo Saka. But I think at this point, with Timber's injury being as severe as it is, I would rather that we went out and got another defender and then used um, Trossard on the other side, used Nelson on the other side, used... You know, we got players that can shift positions. We got pl and players that can um, make that switch from left to right. I know a lot of them aren't quite as effective, but I still think we're sufficiently covered in the wide areas. We don't have another specialist right winger, but we do have wingers. So, me personally, I'd prioritize uh, the defense. Uh, Louis Robson says thoughts on Kudus. Are we making a mistake not going for him? West Ham look very likely to be signing him. Um, I mean. I like Mohamed Kudus. I do. I think he's a good player. Um, I think he's someone that has a lot of the things that we'd be looking for. But at the same time, um, you know, it's not a priority for us. I don't think. I know some people say it is. But the other thing with Kudus is people keep talking about him as 
a right winger. He played centre forward most of last season. So he isn't exactly a specialist right winger, which is what I think we don't have uh, to cover Bukayo Saka. Again, we'd be bringing someone in that can play in a multitude of positions, in which case you could use Kai Havertz there, or you could use Trossard there, or you could use Reese Nelson there. Do you see what I mean? So for me, you know, unless we, unless we had just lots of extra money floating about, and if we maybe didn't have the timber injury, then maybe this would be an option. But to me, I, I don't think it's a priority. I really don't. I, I like the player, but I don't think he's, as nailed on a guaranteed success as, as people make him out to be. That's my personal opinion. And ultimately, Brighton are in. Brighton have, have tried to sign him. Um, they agreed to deal with Ajax, but of course that hasn't um, progressed um, as of yet. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, West Ham, you know, they're in for him as well. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think his level is as high or is seen as being as high as by Arsenal as it is by some of the other clubs. I think his level is maybe just a little bit below Arsenal. And so I'm not not stressing about this. He'd be a luxury signing. Rizzo sums that up for me um, really, really well. Uh, what else have we got in the chat box? Um, let's take some more of your questions. Um, Moss asks about the Pavard links. We talked about them a bit earlier on in the show, so I'm not going to go over that, but it is in the show earlier on if you want to rewind that back. Cesar says, I've heard reports about Nottingham Forest's Nuno Tavares bid being £30 million. I don't know that that's true. I would be shocked if anybody is willing to pay £30 million for Nuno Tavares. But So I'm going to say that it's probably not true, but I don't know that for a fact. I think Arsenal, were, from what I've been told, Arsenal were looking to try and get around about £20 million, um, but no offer has come in anywhere near that at this stage. Gary Griffin says, Harry, during Pep's press conference, he said that Cole Palmer could leave permanently this summer. Would this be a good fit for the right wing, centre forward, left wing cover position? I really, really like him. I really like him as well. But it goes back to what I was saying about Cancelo in that Manchester City are going to make it difficult for us to take players away from them, particularly a young prospect like Cole, Cole Palmer, who's, um, you know, who's for whom right now the sky is the limit. Pep's press conference comments, I think, have been blown out of proportion a little bit. I did see the press conference. And I think what he was trying to say is that this kid is too good for us to be talking about him needing to go out on loan for some further experience. And that's why when he said we either keep him or we sell him, it was to say that he's a ready-made player rather than that means we're selling him. That's how I interpreted it. I think he feels that Cole Palmer is much further down the line than people give him credit for. He's ready. It could have been part of the reason why Ars uh, why Arsenal, why Man City allowed Riyad Mahrez to leave as well, because they knew that he was at this point. So I think his his comments were to just indicate that he's a grown up now. So you either sell him or you keep him. He isn't a kid that needs a loan deal uh, to to sort of develop further. That was kind of how I took it. Uh, Tom says, would you try and go for Ansu Fati? He's talented, but I don't think he plays where we need to strengthen. I, I like Ansu Fati, um, but yeah, again, it's, it's, it would be a luxury signing. And I think we had a little bit of wiggle room to be able to go out and get a luxury signing prior to Jurian Timber's injury. Jurian Timber's injury means that we now need to prioritise, in my opinion, filling a position that we had 
identified as a problem for ourselves going into the window. Hence why we bought Jurian Timber and paid what we paid. And so the, the ability to bring in a luxury signing, unless there's more money available, feels um, less now. And it feels like we need to prioritise fixing that issue that we're going to have. And um, it's going to be interesting because, you know, yes, a player is out for eight months or so. It doesn't mean he's no longer a player. You still got to pay his wages. You still got to have space and room for him when he comes back as well. But um, just at this point, I, I think if I was going to do something, it would be to address that. How you do that in these circumstances, because it isn't really going to be a long-term thing, given that you obviously trust in and rely on Timber. But football changes a lot and changes very, very quickly. So, yeah, interesting to see if Arsenal do move to try and address that issue. Right, guys, I am going to leave it there. It is getting noisier and noisier here at 90 Min Tower. So I'm going to love you and leave you. Um, thank you for tuning in on the live edition. As always, thank you for watching this or listening to this back. Love to every single one of you. And I will see you all tomorrow with another edition of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. Until then, take care of yourselves. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.